You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. What is up, everybody? I'm so happy to be here with you tonight. Welcome into the show. If this is the first time that you're catching the show, uh, my name is Matt Anderson. I am your host for all things Gamecock After Dark. Um, I want to say, you know, normally we do record this show on Monday nights live on YouTube, just like we're watching it right now. And then um, we also have a show that usually um, pops up into wherever you get your your podcast on Friday morning or, or early Saturday morning or sometime throughout Friday. <clears throat> we did have some technical difficulties last night. Um, and when I say technical, it wasn't it wasn't that technical. Um, we just had some some conflicts with family and you know, producer Phil and I just couldn't get on the same page and, and that that's expected. That happens sometimes. We all have we all have our lives and you know family comes first. So I'm a little bit delayed getting here tonight to to visit with all of you, but so thankful that you're here. Again, my name is Matt Anderson. I'm the host of this show. You can um get in touch with me you know, right here on the comments on this YouTube stream, which is a, a lot of fun. Um, I had to talk with Phil before the show started today. And I said, Phil, man, I missed all the comments last time. I just didn't know where to look. Um, it can be a little overwhelming when you are doing this for the first time because, you know, over on this screen over here, I have a video of myself. I have the comments. So I'm really excited to to be live with here, live here with you guys tonight. What's up, Xavier? Good to see you. I'm happy you, you popped in today. Um, so obviously we had a big game over the weekend. We had South Carolina and Mississippi State doing battle in, inside williams Bryce Stadium under the lights. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the game here in, in a minute, but there are some, some other things I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, you know, we don't talk a lot about Gamecock basketball right now because obviously we're in football season. But Gamecock basketball is kind of like my bread and butter. It's what I grew up on. I was, I was a ball boy a number of years ago for all those Eddie Fogler teams. So I've been a big fan of the Gamecocks for a really, really long time on the basketball side, well before I was a fan on the football side. So the Gamecocks did get some news today, and I wanted to talk to you guys about that. The Gamecocks earned a commitment from four-star forward Hayden Asimian. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, it's a 2025 commitment, so a little bit early. You know, we're still in the class of 2024 now. But um, just a, a real big opportunity for South Carolina to have a really good 2025 class, you know, already having a guy of, of that cal- caliber um, in the fold. So Lamont Paris is getting it done. He had a number of um, recruits on campus this past week. Um, I'm looking at this right now. You had Eli Ellis, Trent Noah, and Oku, Federico, um, all on campus this past weekend. And let me let me pull up their 24-7 ranks for you guys really quick while, while we talk about them. So Eli Ellis is a six foot one, 190-pound point guard. He is out of Hickory, North Carolina, more Vivian Prep. Um, really high ranking, a four-star kid. Ranked 62 overall in the 24/7 sports rankings and 82nd overall in the 24/7 sports composites. Um, he's got offers from South Carolina, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, um, ho- a host of other schools here. And I'll, I'll pull up the entire team list. He's he's a kid that you know offers from um, Wake Forest as well. He's a kid that um, if you go watch his highlights, he's he's really a pass-first point guard, kind of a team leader. Um, one of those kids that 
you'd love to see in the garnet and black. And then you also had from the class of 2024, um, Trent Noah. Um, Trent Noah is a small forward, six foot six, 200 pounds out of Baxter, Kentucky. Um, really kind of down to Butler in South Carolina right now. So, um, another kid that's, um, you know, very high three star ranked 132nd in the country on 24 seven sports and 146 overall in the 24 seven composite. And then, um, Oku Federico, um, is, um, well, He's been committed to South Carolina for a while. This is the one of the foreign kids. Completely forgot about him. So, uh, power forward, six foot nine, 2024 class, um, had offers from Pittsburgh and Syracuse. Um, uh, so good gets there. So, um, really excited for what Lamont Paris is doing. Um, Lamont Paris obviously had his work cut out for him coming off of the heels of Frank Martin, everything that Frank was able to do for the Gatecocks and, and obviously the way it ended. So. One of the things that people don't realize all the time is that football games are a great opportunity to have um, baseball recruits, softball recruits, basketball recruits on the men's and women's side, soccer recruits. It, it really gives them a, a feel for what the South Carolina atmosphere is all about. So just wanted to, wanted to make note of that. Want to talk a little bit of football recruiting. Not much. There's really not much to share at the moment that's, you know, kind of groundbreaking, but we talked on Thursday's show about recruiting, and I said that the Gamecocks aren't just going to take anybody to fill out their recruiting class, and that's still true. What the Gamecocks are doing right now is they've stayed in contact with a lot of players that are committed elsewhere at the moment, but have the opportunity, the Gamecocks have the opportunity to stay in the game for. Um, most notably, you have Cameron Fountain. He is a four-star defensive end, committed to Southern Cal, ranked 48th in the country on 24-7 sports and 103rd in the country in the 24-7 composite. Six foot five, 237 pounds from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, the Gamecocks have slowly been building momentum there. This is a kid that I'm, I'm not sure will actually stick with his commitment to Southern Cal when it's all said and done. He's got visits to Auburn and um, probably a couple other visits coming up soon as well. I, I would be surprised if the Gamecocks eventually don't get him on campus before national signing day. And, and there's still a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in the background with him. Another name that you'll all remember is Jalewis Solomon. Um, talking about a kid visiting Auburn. This is a kid that is committed to Auburn. It came down to South Carolina and Auburn. And as of the day of the announcement, I still thought it was going to be South Carolina. I know that Hale McGranahan on the big spur, um, one of my coworkers already had the article written and it wasn't like one of those articles that you write just because um, this kid might come to South Carolina and you just want to be prepared. No, I mean, this was an article that, you know, Hale had done all his due diligence on and it was a kind of a last second thing with NIL that kind of shifted that recruitment to Auburn. Jalewis Solomon is a kid that I've said forever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe it's over until I actually see him sign his name on a sheet of paper. I still think that South Carolina, Auburn, and to a, a lesser degree, Florida State are all on this, all in this recruitment. So be on the lookout for Julius Solomon. If you're, if you're just kind of coming back to Gamecock football or you weren't, you weren't really hanging out with us during the summer, Julius Solomon is a six foot one, 185 pound cornerback out of, um, Ellaville, Georgia. Um, he's a three star on 24 seven sports, but on the 24 seven sports composite, he's a four star. This is a kid that the Gamecock coaching staff thinks 
will be a, you know, three and done, you know, three years in college onto the NFL and Gamecocks have a lot to sell here. They have a great story to tell him. He's very familiar with Torian Gray and what the Gamecocks are all, all about. And it's also worth noting that Julio Solomon does have a younger brother who's a five-star linebacker recruit in an upcoming recruiting class. So Gamecocks are not going to give up on Julio Solomon. Looking over at um, Elias Williams, he's committed to Missouri right now. He's another edge kid, so that's two edges that we've talked about so far. When I say edge, it just means defensive end. He's six foot four, two hundred and seventy pounds. He's a three-star recruit. You know, not a top two fifty guy according to the rankings, but um, South Carolina likes him a lot. He's a kid from Hudson, Florida, and you can never really go wrong with big athletic kids out of Florida. I'm committed to Missouri right now. I don't know if he wants to go all the way to Missouri to play football. It's a long way from home. South Carolina is a little bit closer. So we'll see what happens with Elias Williams. Some other names to know, uh, Jalen Brown, a defensive end. Gamecocks have got to get more talent on the, on the defensive end, on the, on the defensive line, but also mostly defensive end and, well, I guess, defensive tackle. Today, they need help everywhere. What can I say? But um, Jalen Brown, six foot six, 235 pounds. Another guy that's kind of under the radar from Madison, Alabama, three-star. And, you know, I, I hear this all the time, and I know that JC has done this a lot on his show, where he just talks about how a three-star doesn't mean you're not a good player. Um, a three-star means that you're above average. There's been a lot of three-star players that have come through South Carolina and other SEC schools and, and schools across the country that end up being fantastic players. Um, and we talked about it last show. You know, players mature at different ages. They mature with their body and their athleticism at different times. And I'm not sitting here trying to tell all of you that South Carolina needs to only get three-star kids. That's not what I'm saying. But if you can find the right three-star kids, the reason they're a three-star right now might be that they're just an above-average player, not a great one, don't really have anything that you can look at developmentally to get them to the next stage of their careers. But when you look at a defensive lineman that's 6'6", 235 pounds, you know, he's got he's got length, he's got ability, he's got um, room for growth. Those are the kind of guys you get. So Jalen Brown's one of them. And some other names to keep note of, um, a defensive back named Benjamin Black, a wide receiver named Jalen Hampton, who's committed to Western Kentucky. Benjamin Black committed to Rutgers. Um, Quasheed Scott from um, actually in South Carolina is a kid to really keep an eye on. He's committed to Kentucky. Uh, he's a kid. I think he's from Marion or Mullins. I can't remember. It's one of those M, M schools. Let me look it up really quick. Make sure I get that right for all of you. Yeah, he's from Marion. Six foot, 185 pound safety. He's a guy that I think South Carolina should go all in on. I think he's a kid that the Gamecocks really can't can't afford to miss out on um, when when you're looking at him going to an SEC East school, Kentucky, you know, like South Carolina, kind of working their way up into, um, you know, trying to get in that upper upper elite status of the SEC East and the SEC overall. I think you got to keep these kids home, and he's a kid that I will bang the table for as this recruitment, you know, goes on. Uh, I think he has some some relations to Cam Scott. I think he has some relationship with T.J. Sanders or, or somebody else on the defensive line. I can't exactly remember who. But, yeah, you definitely want to pay attention to Quashid, Quashad. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, guys. I apologize. But, yeah, keep keep an eye on for that particular name. Outside of that, there's, there's stuff going on recruiting. The Gamecocks aren't going to take a body just to take one. So 
keep paying attention, but I know that there's a, a lot of folks that um, are getting kind of hand-wringing about recruiting right now, and I just encourage you to let it all play out. So I want to talk about the Mississippi State game now. First off, the atmosphere around the stadium the entire day was electric. Um, as you guys know, I usually tailgate over at Stadium Village Lofts. I had the, the pleasure of catching up with JC for, you know, a little bit. He, um, he was tailgating that area and, you know, I always like to see JC when I can. We've been friends for heck going on 20 years now. So nice to catch up with JC. Um, nice to just be around the stadium. You know, when you're in Stadium Village Lofts or, you know, whatever, Carolina Walk, you know, pick your, you know, area you can tailgate or that people will have you know homes at whatever but you can kind of see the stadium come alive as the as the game you know starts to starts to come come up and you know 7 30 kickoff you know I actually took my mom to the game this weekend and it was a heck of a lot of fun um, we got to the stadium around 2 2 15 got parked around 2 30 um, and the stadium was already buzzing I mean people were already tailgating people were having a good time walking into walking into the stadium you it was it was crazy because I told you how awesome the Furman atmosphere was and the atmosphere um, for the South Carolina Mississippi State game was even even more electric. It was fun, you know, hearing some cowbells, you know, knowing that you know SEC school came to travel to your your stadium to to do battle and just so much fun um, there. So hey hey Will, glad you could join us tonight. Hope you're doing well. See guys, I'm looking at the chat box tonight. I finally figured out how to do that. So. Um, like I said, well, good to see you. Um, and, and y'all, when we talk about the chat box, if y'all have any questions for me, you know, please fire them off. I say it all the time. You know, I can go on a monologue for a long time and, and, and it's fine, but I'd much rather have conversations with y'all. I'd rather answer questions that y'all have or hear your takes and see if we agree or disagree on them. So make sure you get that chat box firing off. I'm excited that you're all here tonight. Thank you so much. Um, so let's go to the game itself. Um, got really excited. My mom really wanted to see um, the new cocky introduction and, you know, 2001. And while I know a lot of people were a little bit underwhelmed going into um, the Furman game and you know, with the big buildup for how's cocky going to come into the stadium, I have to say that I was even more impressed for game two than I was game one. It looks like they have some functionality of the cockaboose doing things that the cockaboose was intended to do. Uh, it was really fun to see Alshon Jeffrey pop out of the back of the cockaboose to, you know, lead the Gamecock chant. Um, you could just tell that Alshon was kind of overwhelmed with emotion being back in South Carolina, hearing the fans cheer for him and, and having his jersey retired. I mean, he had his entire family there and he led the Gamecock chant and it was, it was rocking and rolling to start the game. So when we talk about the game, normally what I do is I kind of go blow by blow, you know, things that stood out to me on each drive. So that's what I'm going to do right here. So um, what I'd love in the, in the comment box, if you want to chime in and, and talk about something that, that I didn't talk about or something that, you know, was a, that you agree with or disagree with, like, let me know. But the first drive of the game, the Gamecocks couldn't have started the game off any better. Uh, there was a Mississippi State punt. They went five plays and 34 yards. Gamecocks got the ball on their own two-yard line after the punt, and it was a South Carolina touchdown, 98 yards and six plays. The highlight of, of that drive was a 76-yard crossing route to Xavier Leggett, who, who took it to the house, and the Gamecocks went up 7-0. Guys, I, what we're seeing from Xavier Leggett right now is truly mind-blowing. For where where he started and where he's at right now, I, I'm not an NFL draft you know junkie. I, I pay attention to the draft. I enjoy the draft. 
But as far as pegging, you know, who's a first rounder, who's a second rounder, who's a fourth rounder, you know, all those kinds of things. So many, so many variables come into play between a player's age and the, the age they break out at their, their um, success year over year. But for my money, there's not a, you can't find five better wide receivers or maybe even one better wide receiver in the country right now when you compare them to what Xavier Leggett is doing. He's a, he's turned out to be a complete wide receiver for South Carolina. Um, long, been a long road to get here. He's worked extremely hard and I couldn't be happier for the kid. So Mississippi State punt. Gamecock defense does their job. Gamecock scoring a 98 yard drive, six plays and the place is absolutely electric. Um, just it, it took me back to the old days when I was at Williams Bryce Stadium, you know, watching what the Gamecocks were able to do with a with a solid defense and just a good enough offense and you know an elite offense sometimes and the way they just kept the chains moving under Steve Spurrier. And Gamecock fans have been have been waiting for this moment. Um, Gamecock fans have been waiting for a 7:30 kickoff. You know, on it's on SEC Network, but on national television for the most part, and and wanted to showcase what Gamecock athletics and Gamecock football, especially, is all about. So Gamecocks go up seven nothing. The next drive is a, a five play twenty yard drive for Mississippi State. They punt again, and the Gamecocks are now backed up on their own one yard line. And and this is what you know I was really excited to see because South Carolina goes on a sixteen play ninety nine yard drive. But what was really exciting about this drive was Mario Anderson getting nine carries, rushing for 31 yards. Um, it's really what the Gamecocks have been missing because, you know, you say nine nine carries for 31 yards. Okay, well, you know, that's a little over three yards a carry. But that's really all the Gamecock offense has needed thus far to keep momentum going on drives. You know, Spencer, and I say it all the time, like the kid just has an arm touched by the gods. I mean, Zeus himself couldn't throw a lightning bolt as far as Spencer Rattler can throw a football. But, you know, when you talk about like, okay, a 65-35 or a 55-45 mix of run versus pass, you know, the run the run plays have to keep the defense honest. And that's exactly what happened on this drive with Mario Anderson with nine carries for 31 yards. Spencer hit Trey Knox for a 17-yard touchdown strike on first down. I think it was a, an 18 or 19-yard pass. Um, it, it was, it was absolutely electric in the stadium, like I said, especially here because, you know, especially in my section and I was sitting in section one, everybody was yelling, Trey Knox is open. And of course, Spencer found him. So the game talks go at 14, nothing. Sandstorm starts. It's just, it's just absolutely crazy in Williams Bryce. And at that point, you know, saw seeing what LSU did to Mississippi State the week before in, in Starkville, you know, it looked like the route was on. So. Gamecocks are up 14 nothing. I see you over there, Will. Um, Xavier Leggett is exciting to watch, and I like how Dowell Loggins is getting him the ball. Yeah, Xavier, it's um, it's absolutely crazy, you know, to see what Xavier's capable of because he's become a complete wide receiver. It's not just, you know, comeback routes or, you know, quick little five-yard routes or, you know, go deep or something like that or, you know, be a decoy. Xavier Leggett is, you know, slant routes, crossing routes, comeback routes. Um, you know, just deep bombs, you know, just straight nine routes. He's he's really hitting at everything. So I agree with you, Will. Xavier Leggett is one of the most exciting. I mean, he kind of reminds me, and I saw this on, um, going off a tangent here, but I saw this on the Big Spur. And if you're not a member of the Big Spur, you know, make sure you go check that out. But one of the things I saw was like, who do you compare Xavier Leggett to? And honestly, I don't know who I compare Xavier Leggett to. I mean, from a, a raw athleticism standpoint and a raw just, you know, you never you you think every time he touches the ball, they can score. I mean, is it a is it a Pharaoh Cooper? Is it a, a Debo Samuel? 
I mean, is he uh, Julio Jones? Is he a uh, – I saw A.J. Brown's out there. I saw D.K. Metcalf's. I mean, in my mind, I think I just want Xavier Leggett to be Xavier Leggett. Like, who's going to be the next Xavier Leggett? That, that's what I'm looking for. But, you know, Xavier's making himself a lot of money, I would think, so far this season. And, and Dowell Loggins is a big part of that. Okay, well, I see you. Yeah, Debo Speed with Alshon Ball Skills. You know, you're right there. You're you're right there on the money, I think, with that comparison. It's it's something crazy to watch for a guy at his size to do what he can do with the ball in his hands. That's that it's wild. So Gamecocks go up fourteen nothing. Uh Mississippi State then has a two play, sixty five yard drive that just completely takes the life out of the stadium. It was really just one pass. It was Will Wa- Will Will Wadges, Will Rogers, um hitting Laditra Griffin for a sixty five yard touchdown where you know, Griffin might have just been you know, the fastest guy on the field when South Carolina was on defense. Just an absolute lightning rod there. Um, really sucked the life out of the stadium. The Gamecocks are still up 14-7, but it, there was the opportunity there for South Carolina to really light it up if the Gamecock defense had forced a turnover or something along those lines. But so then, you know, South Carolina, and we've talked about this on the show before, it's, it's really tough, you know, to to see, you know, Mississippi State score a touchdown in that fashion and then a quick quick South Carolina punt on three plays, three yards. Um, so, you know, right there, it's still 14-7. Mississippi State gets the ball back. They go six plays, 56 yards. You know, the big the big defining play here was David Spalding was able to um, find a way when it looked like Mississippi State was going to score another tur- another touchdown to tie this game to get back in bounds after kind of being pushed out. You know, I don't know if he was rerouted when he was trying to – you know, defend this wide receiver. It was kind of tough to see in the stadium, but evidently, and I don't know the college rules. If one of you guys knows the college rules, you know, let me know. I know that, you know, an offensive player has to reestablish himself in bounds. I don't know if a defender has to absolutely reestablish himself in bounds, but um, David Spalding, just with a huge interception when Mississippi State was driving to tie the game, um, it was one of the big game-changing plays. <clears throat> um, was for South Carolina against Mississippi State, kind of killed momentum. Gamecocks took over, and then you got another South Carolina punt, five yards, 22-yard 22, 22 drive. And then Mississippi State ends up tying the game up with a um, three-play, 68-yard drive. Again, it's really just one play. Uh, Will Rogers passed to Laditra Griffin again for 60 yards. That sets up the touchdown. Um, they end up tying the game 14-14. This was a big part in the game because right now it's 14-14. You know, what's going to happen? Is this going to be a barn burner? The Gamecocks, how are they going to respond? Well, the Gamecocks responded with a touchdown drive of their own, 13 plays, 75 yards. Uh, Spencer had a big play here. Um, Spencer had a big run for 25 yards on third and 13 to extend the drive. I mean, again, this is where I'm talking about with Mario Anderson. You know, earlier we had a 16-play drive and we scored a touchdown off of it. Again, Mario Anderson was featured on this drive with 27 yards on six carries. You know, we talk about 75 yards, and Mario Anderson's getting essentially two-thirds of them. That's keeping the defense off it, a defense honest. Xavier Leggett, Tyshawn Russell, Trey Knox, and Spencer were all, all pivotal on this drive. To carry on punching in from three yards out in a wildcat formation, I mean, you guys tell me, how many times has Decarion been successful on a wildcat um, run? I mean, maybe – three, four, five yards here and there, but it seems like most of the time it's a one-yard gain. To carry on, lowered his head, kind of slipped the defender and, and punched it in from three yards out. So the Gamecocks at this point are up 20-14, to 14, 
And let me know in the ch- in the chat box, guys. But what, what was y'all take? What was y'all's take on the the two point conversion attempt? In my mind, like in the stadium, it looked masterful. Like when it happened, it really did look like wow. Nobody saw this coming. This is going for blood. The guy is wide open in the in the left corner of the student end zone, and Kai Kroger just couldn't he couldn't make the pass to, across his body and get it there, and and you know that was a defining or defining moment of the game. And yeah, will I agree with you? Good play call, bad pass, because at this point now, twenty to fourteen, it's no longer a touchdown game. Mississippi State can take the lead on a touchdown. And, you know, the entire stadium, again, just kind of exhaled and said, what the heck is going on? You know, ca- trying to capitalize on on opportunities. And, and, you know, Shane Beamer and Pete Limbo have been really good at that a lot in their time at South Carolina. But for my money, it was a good play call, bad pass, like Will said. It was just a little too cute for me at that point in the game because there, all of a sudden Mississippi State gets some momentum back. Um, Mississippi State kicks a field goal. They go six play, 44 yards in six plays, and in 38 seconds, they had three different 10-yard chunk plays. And this is special teams again. Mississippi State missed, I think it was a 53-yard attempt. But um, the Gamecocks got called for a penalty on special teams for lining up over the, the snapper. And five yards, <clears throat> and the kicker drilled the next kick. It's 20-17 to 17 at halftime, Gamecocks leading. Yeah, I'm looking over the comments now. I mean, Wish we wouldn't have, wouldn't have done it. Felt unnecessary, like we were chasing um, that point all night long. Yeah, Xavier, I completely agree with you there. One hundred percent. It felt like we were just wanting that point back. And and Thomas Cox, yeah, I agree. I like I like the aggressiveness as well. Um, you know, at that point, it's twenty seventeen. Gamecocks leading, and and one of the things I was really excited about is the Gamecocks. They they won the coin toss and they deferred to the second half. And if you guys were listening to my show that actually came out, I think on Saturday, I recorded on Friday. I mentioned that if the Gamecocks had the opportunity at home, I wanted them to defer to the second half. I just think that gives your defense an opportunity to set the tone. The offense can ease into the game. There's not a lot of pressure on the offense at home. And look what happened. South Carolina touchdown, one play, 75 yards on the first play of the second half. Spencer connected with Xavier Leggett on a 75-yard touchdown pass. Right down the Mississippi State line sideline, just a nine route. Just a, what a what a way to start the second half. Um, that's the you know talking about the aggressiveness on the on the two point conversion attempt. This was the aggressiveness that I think was missing under Will Muschamp, especially uh, at South Carolina. You know to have the gall to you know just chuck it deep and and when when times are you know it's a it's a field goal game and like let's reassert dominance and that's exactly what South Carolina did. Um, sorry guys, you seem to rub my nose. I've had a little bit of a cold here. I don't know if you can tell in my throat, but, um, so great call to start the second half was super pumped up. Um, the stadium was rocking. We had all the momentum again and it was just, you know, it was a great throw, but a better catch and run by Xavier Leggett. Um, you know, that ball kind of caught, he kind of caught it on his hip and just kept running. And I think I've seen that. I mean, maybe it was this play or another play, but he actually ran like 22.7 miles per hour, which is the the fastest speed in a game for any college or NFL player so far this season. So yeah, people are definitely taking note of Xavier Leggett. But again, you know, South Carolina gains all this momentum and a Mississippi State touchdown again. 
Nine plays, 75 yards. Big play on the drive was another 30-yard completion to Leditrick Griffin for 30 yards. I mean, we talk about Leditrick a lot, I feel like. Um, this we say they end up punching the ball in from their one yard, from South Carolina one yard line and the Gamecocks lead 27-24. Um, and then again, next drive for South Carolina. I mean, three plays, minus seven yards, South Carolina punt. On third and five, Spencer got sacked for a 12-yard loss. Like, when the game is in, when, when the field position and the down and distance is manageable, taking a 12-yard sack, and I'm not saying that Spencer, like, absolutely took the sack. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, pass protection, whatever. But, you know, that's just a momentum killer for a 12-yard loss. Thankfully, the next drive, Mississippi State went three plays, um, four yards, and punted the ball back to South Carolina. And, again, you know, this was why this, this game in particular was kind of like a wild college football game for me because you have South Carolina punt, Mississippi State punt. It's 27-24, and then South Carolina fumbles one play, one yard. Um, to carry on joiner fumble on the first play of the drive in the stadium, it looked like a bad fumble to me in my eyes. And, and obviously, you know, I try not to get too, you know, too harsh with, with the players that are, you know, putting their blood, sweat and tears out there for themselves, but also, you know, for college football fan entertainment, but it looked like a bad fumble. It looked like it just kind of got punched out, but, you know, and talking to a lot of folks that were watching the game on TV and folks that have, you know, watched the game a couple times afterwards, some people think that it should have been a targeting call on Mississippi State on Decarion's fumble. Uh, you guys in the chat box and, you know, you guys listening will have to let me know if it was just a straight fumble or if it was something where there should have been a flag called. I can tell you that Decarion was visibly upset on the sideline. Um, I made a point to watch Decarion, you know, walk off the field, see how he was handling it. And when I say he might have broken like 10 things on the sideline out of frustration, he might have broken like 10 things on the sideline out of frustration. I slammed his helmet down. Um, he not, he broke and broke a lot of plastic things. I don't know what they were on the sideline. And he kind of walked towards the, towards the um, locker room. And I, and in my mind, I was thinking like, here's a kid that's frustrated because all of a sudden, you know, Mario Anderson's having a great game. He's been wanting this for his entire career. But I think that they're – okay, Will, you think the Mississippi State defender just made a great play. And then that could have been it. I think that he probably felt a lot of pressure in that moment when I say he, I mean, to carry on. But I appreciate y'all letting me know because I, I didn't know what to make of that. It was just so bang-bang in the stadium, and he was kind of going up the middle. Uh, so after that fumble – Mississippi State answers, nine plays, 39 yards, field goal, tie game at 27. So at this point, you know, it's it's anybody's ball game. And I know in the stadium we were all kind of just saying, like, all right, Gamecocks, like you cannot lose this game. And and we talked about that on the Thursday or Friday show last week where it was this was not the most defining game for Shane Beamer as a Gamecock coach, but probably one of the biggest ones for this season, uh, maybe the most defining game of the season so far for Shane it would have been nice to beat North Carolina. It was always going to be tough to beat Georgia. But, you know, to have a six, seven, eight win season, Gamecocks had to win that game. So South Carolina kicks a field goal on this drive. Um, you know, big, big drive. You know, get points on the board, 30-27 Gamecocks. Mississippi State would fumble on their next drive, three plays, 22 yards. Will Rogers was trying to – Will Rogers. Will Rogers was trying to um, – Trying to trying to rear back and, and, and throw a ball, I don't know how far, but um, Jordan Strong 
got the sack, stripped it. The Gamecocks recovered the fumble. It was reviewed. Gamecocks ball. Set the Gamecocks up with prime real estate for the next drive. Gamecock touchdown on the next drive, four plays, 22 yards. It went Eddie Lewis catch for nine yards. Mario Anderson run for four. Mario Anderson no gain on the run. And then Mario Anderson. And this is, and if you if you don't have Instagram or you haven't seen it as these videos, try and go back and watch this and watch Mario Anderson's reaction after this nine yard touchdown run. He never stopped moving his legs. The Gamecocks, the Gamecock offense helped him into the end zone. Uh, Gamecocks 37, Mississippi State 27. You can just see the emotion pouring out of Mario Anderson after scoring that touchdown in a SEC game. You know what he's been dreaming of his entire life, and it was a really, really, really nice moment for uh, Mario Anderson. Yeah, and Thomas Cox, you know, just uh, just to point out, that no call, the entire stadium blew up. Everybody was blowing up my phone talking about, like, what the heck? How is that not called? And, and on a night when Spencer went 18 for 20 with one drop and that incompletion, that that was clearly pass interference. It was kind of an injustice to, to Spencer. I'll say it that way. Um, so Gamecocks are now up 37-27. It feels like everybody in Williams-Brice Stadium, everybody watching on TV, and all Gamecock fans listening on the radio can kind of kind of breathe. Because, you know, next drive, Mississippi State turned the ball over on downs, nine plays, 40 yards. Drive ended on a fourth and seven when Will Rogers couldn't complete the pass. Um, Gamecock fans are feeling good. Gamecocks go three plays, five yards, and punt again. Again, this was um, a punt that kind of kind of got forced with Spencer Rattler getting sacked. Uh, on third down with six minutes left. Uh, Mississippi State did kick a field goal in the waning moments of this game. They went 13 plays, 68 yards. Mississippi State actually elected to kick this field goal on fourth and four from the South Carolina 29-yard line. And I kind of wondered if they would. I thought that they had moved the ball really well in this drive, 13 plays, 68 yards, like I said. But, you know, a lot of coaches nowadays play the odds. Okay, well, is it easier to get a field goal late or a touchdown late? <clears throat> and I don't know all the analytics. I, I can't I can't pretend like I do. But I will say that on this particular this particular play, I think I would have gone for the touchdown try because you're you're still relying on an onside kick. I don't think they had any timeouts left, but on the last drive you turned the ball over on downs. So you kind of had to you kind of had to get points on the board. And the way they were moving the ball, I, I, I had a sigh of relief when they kicked the field goal. I'll put it that way. Um, Mississippi State, you know, went for the onside kick. They weren't able to get it. South Carolina ran the clock out. Um, Gamecocks win the game. And, whew, you know, you just feel like you, feel like you can breathe after all that. Um, Gamecocks, you know, moved to 2-2 two and two on the season, 1-1 one one in, one one in the SEC. Um, this felt like a, a football game that you haven't really seen lately with the running clock. Uh, Gamecocks had, let's see, five drives in the first half, but the Gamecocks had seven drives in the second half. Uh, Mississippi State had six drives in the second half and six drives in the first half. So you're not seeing as many drives um, nowadays, you know, this this college football season as you as you saw in the past. So a lot of scoring opportunities. Um, a lot of opportunities there for um, Gamecocks to blow it. They didn't. Um, they they persevered. They 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 did a great job. So really really excited for Gamecock fans, um, Gamecock players, um, the coaches. Um, United got to get ready for Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee is going to be a bit a bit of a 
problem. Um, it's never easy to to go play in, in Neyland Stadium, but uh, let's see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna before I go into um, Tennessee, and we'll talk about all that on Thursday. Let me check in on the chat box. Um, Will says, I love when the O-line pushes the runner into the end zone. It shows great teamwork. I 100% agree. Um, if you go back and, and you watch some of that Instagram stuff, you can kind of see the entire offensive line, and they kind of put it with like a symphony, and it's um, really fun to watch. And I love it. And that's just a way to get a couple extra yards. I mean, look what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing right now with Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's a cheat code. If you can have a guy that's athletic and can keep their feet moving, then um, their good things will happen. And and maybe that's what the Gamecocks need to get going. You know, let's just keep feet moving and let's just keep pushing that line. It worked against Georgia on Mario Anderson's fourth down conversion. So let's keep doing that. Um, JB says, keep up the good work. I appreciate you, JB. Thank you. Um, yeah, Xavier. Um, Xavier says, it may just be me, but I will say I never really felt like we were in serious danger of losing the game, though. You know, I felt like that <clears throat> to an extent, Xavier. Um, I, maybe it's just the Muschamp era. Maybe it's, um, you know, towards the end of the Steve Spurrier era, but I was just waiting for that other shoe to drop. I, I didn't understand how Will Rogers could, you know, do what he did. I mean, obviously he has all the accolades in the SEC and Mississippi State and he's a heck of a thrower and air raid offense, but I was not expecting to see 487 yards on 48 attempts from Mississippi State and, and definitely not you know, expecting to see Laditra Griffin have seven catches for 256 yards and a touchdown. I mean, I'd have to go back in the record books. I don't know how many opposing players have ever had 256 yards receiving against South Carolina. Um, let's see. Um, Zach Anderson says, Matt, just tuning in. Would love it if you could eventually give a basketball recruiting rundown, current South Carolina recruiting plus the general, how it works, how many scholarships, et cetera. Yeah, Zach, I definitely will do that. Um, um, basketball is kind of my forte. Um, I love football. I love baseball. I love talking about it, but I will definitely have that. And I'll, I'll talk to you all about that. that. That's definitely something we'll do into the, <coughs> excuse me, we'll do in the future. Um, probably closer towards the end of October. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely make, make room for that. Maybe we'll make a special podcast, um, for that and you can check it out whenever. Um, but yeah, well, we're going to be talking a lot of basketball coming up soon. So excited for that. Um, Will said, felt like we overcompensated to stop the run and left the pass open. Yeah. You know, I, I've talked to a couple people about the game and, you know, and Clayton White specifically, you know, I, I don't think that, I don't think Clayton White didn't know how to stop the pass and, you know, maybe overcompensating to stop the run. Yeah, I can see that. Mississippi State did have the SEC's leading rusher coming into the game. And I, I just, just personally, maybe an adjustment needed to be made. Um, it definitely needed to be made. I don't know if, I don't know if DQ, DQ Smith was the guy that you really wanted chasing LaDietra Griffin. I don't know who the right guy would have been. Um, you know, definitely bite down on the play action. They were, Mississippi State had been a running team and, you know, it was, and I talked about it. I thought that, you know, this was the right time to catch a Mississippi State. You know, they're, they're transitioning their offense, and, and maybe we caught them a game too late. Maybe they've kind of figured out what they want to do, and they understand that this season they're going to have to pass the ball. And I don't know if you're going to see them throw for 487 yards against other teams or how they're going to change their offense up. But me personally, I thought with the 
but the way the defense played, stopping the run, getting after Will Rogers for the most part, um, I just felt like there was a mismatch on the other side of the field. And sometimes you have a Tyreek Hill that whatever you do, you can't stop him unless your name's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick seems to understand how to stop Tyreek Hill. But yeah, I don't, look, I'm not a defensive coordinator. I, I agree. Like Xavier, um, Xavier and Thomas, you both have great, great points here. Um, they, it, everything was geared to stop the run. And, and maybe on one hand, you say they did. Um, they definitely got after, got after, um, the quarterback. Gamecock defense held Mississippi State to 32 yards rushing, 1.4 yards per rush. Gamecock defense tallied four sacks and nine tackles for loss. I mean, I think if you said the Gamecocks are going to win by seven points, um, cover the spread, Gamecocks are going to get four sacks and nine tackles for loss. You're going to have over 140 yards rushing, and Spencer's going to go 18 for 20. We'd all taken that going into the game. It's just kind of weird how the game kind of plays out sometimes. <laughs> you know, if you told me that stat line, and I would have said, well, the Gamecocks are going to win by more than more than seven points. Unless until you told me they were going to pass for 487 yards, and then I would have had Texas A&M flashbacks, you know. But um, notable snap shares here, and I always like to look at this. If you're on the Big Spur, you can go check these out. But I think Whittle puts this out. <clears throat> Mario Anderson outsnapped to carry on Joiner, 45 to 26. So I think you might be seeing that transition there, that that changing of the guard, where Mario is going to be more of that you know, 20, 20 to 20 yard line guy and, and maybe to carry on is going to be inside the red zone. But Mario Anderson's clearly good enough to do that. He caught a lot of passes as well. So coming out party for Mario Anderson. Um, Omega Blake played 57 snaps, only two less than Xavier Leggett at 59. Nick Harbor had 11 snaps. Tyshawn Russell had 16 snaps. Um, really good to see the young wide receivers getting out there. We've all been looking for Nick Harbor and Tyshawn Russell and, and for them to continue you know, getting more and more snaps. They're going to get more and more comfortable. Hopefully, hopefully Juice is back for the Florida game. I'll be honest, guys. I think that's the best case scenario, no matter what you hear. Um, I, I hope he's back after the bye week. You know, you're still talking about, you know, three week, three week recovery from when it happened, when the injury happened at, um, at Georgia. But who knows? Um, Trey Knox had 59 snaps versus Josh Simons 37 at tight end. Uh, Big Tree played all 69 snaps at left tackle. I thought he looked really good doing it. Uh, Nick Garuzolo, Tyshawn Wanamaker, and Vershawn Lee also played 69 snaps. I'm, I'm excited to see that, you know, left tackle, left guard, center, right tackle, um, are, are, are playing a lot of snaps to again together. Cause then you have Trevon Ball who played 46 snaps, 23 for Ja'Kai Moore. I think that the sooner that, that Trevon and, and Big Tree can get comfortable, the better the offensive line will be going forward. The defensive line had 10 players log at least seven snaps. Um, we always talk about rotating the defensive linemen to keep them fresh, and and that's a good thing. Um, same thing with linebackers. It was nice to see Bam Martin Scott and Grayson Pup Howard get in there for double-digit snaps. Um, eight defensive backs log snaps. The Gamecocks are going to have to keep the defense fresh this year because – if the offense gets one dimensional and they can't run the ball and you know, you see those three and outs that we talked about earlier, um, you might have, you know, five plays for eight yards or five plays for 13 yards or three plays for three yards. And then all of a sudden the defense has to get back out there. It's nice to see all these guys logging snaps. Um, 
I think the depth's coming back to the roster, and that will allow South Carolina to hold up longer in each game. That's a good thing. Um, let's see here in the chat. Yeah, Leggett's a good reminder not to give up on young players. I think Landon Sampson's the guy to, to, to consider when you think about the wide receiver room there. Um, Thomas Cox says, glad to see A.B. coming back this week. He's really good at yak. Yeah, he's a great yards-after-catch guy. Um, definitely somebody that provides an extra element, extra gear to the offense. I think that there's drops are behind him. It's, it would be good to get him going early, get some momentum, because I, juice or no juice, the South Carolina offense is going to be difficult to defend if Mario if Mario Anderson can get out there and do what he did against Mississippi State. And um, we'll see what happens in, in, in Rocky Top. Um, I think that Gamecocks are definitely capable of winning that game, and I, I don't agree with the 12-and-a-half point, um, point spread. Um, T.J. Sanders is the best D lineman. Yeah, I agree, Will. Um, yeah, Will says T.J. Sanders is the best D lineman. Uh, Tonka and Alex Huntley are doing a decent job. I think that um, I'm, I'm still looking for more out of them, still looking for more at defensive, defensive end. I think those guys are going to come along, and I think that Florida might be that unveiling of, you know, what that defensive line can look like long-term. So, um, guys, that's kind of the recap of the Mississippi State game. Um, if you guys want to stick around for a bit, I, I told I promised everybody on, on Friday that I would tell you a quick story. And, and I didn't want to say it before the game, but the Mississippi State game actually is kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, don't have a, a heck of a lot of Mississippi State stories, but the, the one that I do have, is when I was um, 11 years old, my best friend um, who had had cancer his entire life, he got introduced to Lou Holtz. Um, and long story short, my best friend was going up to Boston for cancer treatment, going to MUSC in Charleston a lot, and um, developed a, a really, really tight relationship with Lou Holtz. Well, my best friend actually passed away on September 23, 2000, the day of the, the fade game with Eric Kimry coming in off the bench to throw, to throw a fade to um, uh, Jamel Kelly. <clears throat> and, you know, I actually found out on the way to the game that uh, my friend had died and really tough. And we got word to Lou Holtz. And at halftime of that game, Lou Holtz actually put the flag at half mast in honor of, of my friend, Tyler. Um, so, you know, cocks crazy that 23 years later, Gamecocks are playing Mississippi State again. I uh, can't say enough good things about what Lou Holtz did for, for my friend and his family. Um, just really, um, Really something that I wanted to share with you guys because, you know, sports should bring people together even in times of adversity. And just remember, there are a lot of good people in sports. And, and Lou Holtz was definitely one of those um, to many, many people, um, but especially to my to my friend Tyler. Um, so um, I was really happy the Gamecocks got the dub. It was a little emotional for me, um, you know, having the Bulldogs back in williams Bryce Stadium 23 years to the day. So I was really pumped up for that, I'm really excited. And just remember, guys, there are good people in sports, and, and sports can transcend, you know, just winning and losing and just happy the Gamecocks won. Uh, so with that being said, um, it's 9.50 almost. Um, do you all have any rapid-fire questions that you'd like to ask me before we hop off the chat? You know, we can we can go for another, you know, five minutes or so. Any Any questions? Not seeing any at the moment. Um, well, guys, really enjoyed spending time with you all tonight. I'm really excited for the Gamecocks going forward. And um, my brother actually said that he was really excited that I was really excited because I'm really excited about a lot of things on this show. So um, just I'm an optimistic person. I always enjoy spending time here talking Gamecocks. 
I want to thank all of you for giving me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. Um, that means the world to me. And I will be back on Thursday to talk more Gamecocks with you. As always, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can reach me at late night show at gmail.com. You can find me on the Big Spur under the username Matt Anderson. And um, with that being said, I uh, wish you all a good night and we'll talk Thursday. Talk to you soon.